It's that time, the Betting Predators Podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by the one and the only stats and information guru. We got Mackenzie Rivers in the house. You guys can find him on Twitter as well, at Mac and Rivers. And you can find us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, guys, here we go. Thursday night football, week number eight. We have the Cardinals and the Packers before we go ahead and jump into that. Uh, we do have something that we have to go ahead and let our listeners know. Some very good news coming out of pregame.com for Mackenzie Rivers. Mackenzie Rivers is actually going to become a pregame pro. I uh, haven't actually gotten the green light when he can go ahead and release his first play, but you guys might want to go to pregame.com. Check out Mackenzie Rivers. Uh, he will be dropping some plays here very shortly. I'm excited for that, Mackenzie. I'll be honest with you, man. You know that behind the scenes, uh, I've been cheering for you, rooting for you. Now is the time. So it's exciting. Oh, yeah, man. I appreciate that. And I also appreciate you cheering for me uh, in front of the scenes as well. Uh, you know, just just talking and podcasting and always had my back. Really appreciate it and excited. Excited. Can't wait to get going. Well, I'm excited, Mackenzie. I think that's great news. And it's good news for, you know, the people who, you know, buy picks and look for real solid information. I think you're one of the brightest minds, you know, in the business. And, uh, just aside from sports betting, I mean, you do a ton of creating uh, a lot of content. You know, you're you're the guy who dealing with wires and buttons and all the things that, you know, technical type stuff. So, you know, you ground your way through, you know, just the business in general, but learned a lot, created a lot. Um, and I believe that a lot of people are going to end up benefiting from, you know, your hard work at the end of the day. And, and all of us at pregame um, have benefited from, you know, being able to be around you and learn, you know, from from you and being able to. Uh, you know, work alongside you, make his life a whole hell of a lot easier. I do know that. But with all that said, let's go ahead and jump into Thursday night, Mackenzie. You and I, we've been off for two weeks, and now we have the Cardinals and we have the Packers. My Green Bay Packers are going to go on the road here Thursday night football. They're going to be catching six and a half points here, Mackenzie. Uh, right now, most of these shops line right around 50 and a half, uh, 251. I got to ask you a question here, though, Mackenzie. Do you think the Cardinals are for real? Because I do. I love when teams go on the road and they win by margin. That, to me, is a clear indicator, you know, that a team is, is good or not. Uh, it doesn't matter the teams that they play on the road, I don't believe, for the most part. But Arizona is winning right now on the road. They're 4-0 straight up, 4-0 against the spread. And three of those wins on the road, they came against some pretty damn good teams in the Rams, the Browns, and the Titans. And the average margin for this Cardinals team on the road through four games is 19.25 points per game. That's freaking amazing. Arizona in three of those games, they were dogs on the road of two and a half points or more. And last week, Arizona was laying, what, 17 to 20 points. Uh, easy win for them against Houston in the 31 to 5 win. So it was another cover for them. But McKenzie, I got to ask you, uh, if this Cardinals team for real, do you have them in the top 10, the top five? Or are they potentially your number one team? Increasingly, I think this is a quarterback's league. Now, that sounds silly because it's the most cliched, hackneyed expression of the last five years. But I've always been. You remember Giants hosting the Cardinals like my second week here and Brad Powers and RJ and Fez all decided on the Giants. And we looked at each other like, give me the Cardinals. Give me the Cardinals taking points. And that was a winner. And NFC West teams have dominated NFC East teams, especially on the road since then, the last you know two and a half years. 
But I like Kyler Murray. I always thought Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, both have strengths and weaknesses. But I would take Kyler Murray. He can throw it farther, seems to me, uh, at least with less less uh, less buildup time. Against the Texans, I had his underpassing because I thought it would be domination like it was and, and he wouldn't be throwing late in the game. And he didn't. He ran, or the Cardinals ran, the last 13 times of the game. But before that, like when they were just trying to get points, it was like two seconds every time they would just spread him out five wide and he'd find the right guy and pinpoint accuracy on the broadcast. They said he may be the most accurate quarterback in the NFL. I mean, the numbers say that just completion percentage wise, but everything just looks super easy for them on offense. And if they're playing in a dome, they're playing in good conditions, like maybe a Super Bowl. Yeah, I don't see a team that could uh, I don't see a team they couldn't beat in the NFL, including the Buccaneers. Right now I have them at number one. And do I believe that they can maybe slide outside of the top five? Uh, I would say there's probably a slim chance of that. I certainly think this team's going to end up, you know, in in the top five by the end of the year. Could they slide back to two and give up the first spot to Tampa Bay? I believe that that, that very well could happen because Tampa Bay, you know, Tampa Bay is a very good team. Their secondary was banged up. But I believe Tampa Bay is only going to get stronger, you know, as they get healthier. But I believe one of the strengths here for the Cardinals, it's hard. And, and the reason why I have them number one is because I believe the Cardinals have a lot of strength in depth. I believe they have a lot of strength in talent. Uh, they have solid quarterback, competent coaching, uh, some veteran players on both sides of the ball. It kind of reminds me of, of Tampa Bay, actually, a little bit. So with that said, McKenzie, where do you have uh, Kyler Murray in your MVP chase? Where he, Where is he at right now You know, with the MVP odds? Well, citing pregame.com's exclusive consensus MVP odds as of October 26th, Kyler Murray's the favorite, plus 375. Dak Prescott, 5-1. to one, Josh Allen, 5-1. to one. Brady, 6-1. to one. Now, to me, maybe it's a Lifetime Achievement Award, but I think Brady should be the favorite, but it's all really close. It's whoever ends up with the best record. Kyler Murray, the favorite right now, around plus 380. Yeah, I believe Tom Brady's going for records. I think we've talked about this multiple times on the podcast. I, I mean, I, I would put a pizza bet down on him. The only reason I think that Brady might not get it, McKenzie, is the fact that he just has so much hardware that it's like, well, how much more do you want to give the guy? Uh, give it to one of these young bucks, um, you know, in the league who are, you know, up and coming that are eventually going to, you know, that Brady's going to have to toss the baton to here sooner or later. If you add Kyler Murray's age and Josh Allen's age, I think it equals Tom Brady's age almost. Not quite, but almost. It's funny. That is rather funny. Um, I, I see Stafford on there. I see Aaron Rodgers on there. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't take either of those two players. Yeah, Rodgers is a weird one. Like, it doesn't even seem like he's had a, a pretty good season. I guess they're 6-1. and one. I mean, I guess we should talk about the Packers. I mean, that's your team. Where, where do you, what do you think about Rodgers' play so far this season compared to last when he was the best player in the league? I don't know, McKenzie. I'm sitting here and you're asking me and I and and I don't want to say I drew a blank. I don't know. I think he's clearly a top five quarterback in the league. Um, he's going to look bad this week. Um, I have a gut feeling. And I believe that there were many conversations that we've had, you know, about Aaron Rodgers and one of the reasons why he slipped, you know, over the years. And, you know, I, I'll, I said it before and I, I'll say it again. I said this 10 times. Aaron Rodgers struggles without a top receiver. When Jordy Nelson went down, he was not the same quarterback until Devontae Adams finally got there, worked himself into being, in my opinion, the best wide receiver in the league. And with no Adams probably this week, that's going to hurt. Uh, my gut feeling says that 12-1 to 1 
you know, for him right now in the MVP odds, McKenzie is, is probably fair. Um, I don't think he should be higher or lower. I personally won't bet him uh, because I don't believe that he's going to be put in a position to probably break break any type of records. I don't believe he's going to pass Tom Brady in passing yards. I don't believe he'll, he'll probably pass him in touchdowns. Um, and again, this is a regular season award, so I just don't see how Rodgers has – uh, you know, with the amount of time left, I just don't see how he passes out guys like Allen, Dak, Murray, or or Tom Brady. So it's a playoff season for sure, but I just don't believe it's it's an MVP season. Lamar Jackson is higher than him now. Okay, eleven to one. For a second, I was looking at the, at the last date where it was eighteen to one. Yeah, Lamar Jackson should be a little bit ahead of Aaron Rodgers. That that does seem. Right. He's surprised the hell out of me, man. He's probably the most dangerous quarterback in the league right now just because of what he can do with his legs and the fact that he could throw the ball. Why don't we talk a little bit about the Cardinals defense a little bit? Uh, I think it's legit. Out of all the teams that have played seven games, the Cardinals right now are number one in points per game allowed. Shockingly followed by the Bengals uh, of all teams. I'm not sure if you think that team's for real. We could talk about them uh, if you want to in a little bit, but I believe that this is probably the best defense in the league right now. I had them, I want to say I probably started them out in the beginning of the year, McKenzie, somewhere around 14, 15. Optimistic, pessimistic. I, I felt that they were probably a little bit slightly above average defense, but I don't think you could take away from from what the hell that team's been doing, you know, all season long. They've played some good teams, as I had mentioned, teams that could put points up on the board. Um, but I have them right now as my number one defense in the league. I'm not sure what you make of them. I, I just believe that this team uh, overall – it's just a very well-rounded, deep team. They remind me very much of of Tampa Bay. So I'm not sure if you have any stats or anything that, that you know, kind of says, hey, you know, here's where the Cardinals are at right now. Is there anything that, that says I'm right or wrong? Sure, plenty. And the, you're right. Football Outsiders has them as the second-best defense in the league. To be honest with you, before signing on to this podcast, I looked it up. I was kind of shocked. They're that good. I mean, it's been all about, it's been all about the offense, but – what I like to do, what we've been tracking for the Super Sheet is their weekly rank, and DVOA is a good one, EPA is another good one, but they were second game one, and this looks more and more impressive, blowing out the Titans. Then they were 20th against the Vikings, Kirk Cousins had a good year. The last three weeks, they've been top five against the 49ers, Browns, and of course the Texans. Uh, they've, they've been dominant, and what, what do you think it is? I mean, Isaiah Simmons, the, the Swiss Army knife, I, I feel like I, mean, I feel like I see him making plays. I feel like they've turned a corner, but I couldn't really tell you why. Is J.J. Watt, you know, elite again? Or what do you think it is? I think it has to do with the way that the game has been presented to the other team's offense. Arizona's going up and down the field at an insane rate. That team is not easy to stop. And when they put you in, you know, a predicament where you either have to be one-dimensional or because their rush defense is very good, that it's like, all right, well, we can't run. Now we have to pass. And it's like, okay, well, we kind of know what's coming. So I believe that the defense is, you know, putting other offenses in in positions to be predictable, to be one-dimensional, and they're just thriving off that. And I believe even average players step up and play even better. You would probably experience this at times, McKenzie, too, as a kid probably growing up playing sports if you played in, like in, on teams and stuff. Now, you could practice one way, and you could completely play a different way in a game. And, I, and from what I see with the Cardinals, they're playing probably above their heads in, in a game. Maybe they're better being put in, in good positions. Maybe they're better um, the fact that they're winning. Maybe they're better because 
Um, their their stats are, are gaudy, and they want to go ahead and keep keep that well-oiled machine running. So I think it could be just a combination of things. I want to pick up on something you said there. I did play sports, and it's very, very true. The difference between practice and game is just night and day. I mean, think about the NBA. I remember seeing Kobe shooting around in practice. He'd make like 85% of his threes. Couldn't miss. In a game, he's really good shooting 33 34% of his threes, you know? So I remember playing basketball against Lane Tech, which is like a school of 5,000. And I went to a nerdy, smaller high school on the north side of Chicago, north side prep. Shout out Mustangs. To get ready for that game, the best coach I ever had my sophomore year, way better than my varsity coach. He knew the athleticism would, would shock us when we went to Lane Tech and played there. We had beat them. We had upset them at home. So what he did was he had the whole team that wasn't the starting five on the court at the same time playing defense. And they full court pressed us. So there's like 10 guys against five. That was easier getting around that, moving the ball that, that the next day at Lane Tech with, you know, 200 people there playing against that kind of athleticism, that kind of speed in a game that really mattered. And if, you, if the ball went out of bounds, it actually mattered. It actually resulted in something. It was, it was night and day. And we played well. We didn't win. But we played well that game. And, uh, yeah, it sticks, sticks to me to that day, just that power forward that ended up uh, – I played, played against him all throughout my high school years that was guarding me full court. I'm like, man, I wish there was two Kevins that I could dribble around rather than this one guy. Uh, it's, a whole different, it's a whole different animal, uh, as my uncle likes to say, live bullets. I was extremely good – at football practice and I sucked in the game and it was a complete opposite for basketball. I sucked in practice, but I was amazing in the game. So I bet you, you, you had a sweet stroke. I've never seen you play basketball, but you just seem like a, a, a chill guy, you know, steady hand. So am I wrong? You, you're a little bit of a flamer. Yep. I could definitely shoot and I could catch. Um, I wasn't very good at quarterback. I sucked at that. Uh, wasn't exactly the greatest pitcher. Uh, I was a very good catcher actually. If I didn't, I actually had a, Ended up with a, a disease in my knees at, and when I was in my teenage years. Uh, otherwise, there were uh, a lot of people, especially in the high school, that, that were already, you know, trying to get me to, uh, you know, become a catcher. That was a position that actually my father played, my uncle and my grandfather, actually. So I played baseball. I was a good catcher, uh, really pretty decent fielder and the worst hitter in the sport. I would never swing. I always thought it was a ball and I would just never swing like, nope, walk me. Because that was a ball. It was like an eight-year-old throwing this pitch. You know, the, the umpire is going to call a strike if it's even close. But I wouldn't swing. And I, I cost my, I cost my team some runs. I'll say that. Mackenzie went up to the plate, always looking to bunt. <laughs> I love bunting. <laughs> that was your specialty. <laughs> Let's go ahead. We'll, we'll keep going through here. Uh, we got to clear up a little bit of our childhood memories. But uh, as we were talking about, I do believe that that has been some of the reason that you know the Cardinals have had some success. Let's talk about Green Bay for a little bit here because they're the big story in this game, Mackenzie. Devontae Adams and now Alan Lazard, uh, both are on the COVID-19 list. Both players, uh, they're going to have to go ahead and test negative twice uh, within a 24-hour period. And, I mean, Mackenzie, it's midnight here on the East Coast Tuesday night, so I'm not sure if these guys play. I actually lean strong to the no that neither of these guys will play. And me being a Packer fan, boy, I really wish they were playing. But at the same time, I might be glad that they're not. And the reason for that, McKenzie, is that I don't want Green Bay showing their best players in this particular game to a team that could potentially be one of the playoff teams that the Packers end up having to meet uh, later on this year. So 
I'm okay right now with Devontae Adams and maybe Lazard not being in this game. I feel pretty good with that. Now, McKenzie, this line opened up at Arizona favored by three and a half. It's now up to six and a half. So we now see a full three-point move, and the total has moved a little bit. But, McKenzie, I got to have to ask you, do you feel that Adams, Lazard are worth three points to the betting line? It's difficult. RJ talks about sometimes, like a couple times a year, there's like a 14-point factor that's just like impossible to predict, like uh, Enos Cantor having, uh, not being able to eat till 8 p.m. and the game starting at 7.55 is points under. Like there's no way to say, oh, well, that's worth this. It's like, no, he's not going to score any points. Like I feel like in this game, yeah, maybe, where the Packers could have scored points and now they're not going to against the number two defense in the league. I don't have a problem with the three-point move. Are these guys worth three points combined? No, they're not. Uh, I actually would have them somewhere around 1.75, maybe 1.85, somewhere in that area. I said 1.87. That's me. I think that's a fine number there, McKenzie. (laughs) (laughs) But I also believe that some of the reason why this went from 3.5 to 6.5 is because we didn't have to go through that key number 3. It was already above it. So it's gone through 4. It's gone through the dead number of 5. It's up now to 6.5. And maybe there's a reason why it landed there on 6.5. Uh, one, they're adjusting for the two players, but two, maybe the books are looking at uh, maybe possibly that there's a lot of teasers tied in here, you know, to Arizona. And look, we've seen games, you know, land on ties before. You know, if you're laying six and six point in a teaser, this thing lands on a tie. You know, the, the books are going to scoop up, you know, a little bit. It doesn't it doesn't make any sense for them to go ahead and leave this line at five and a half, six. Uh, I personally think the six and a half uh, is perfectly fine. I don't think that there's an overreaction to the move. So with that said, McKenzie, that's the line. But what about the total? It's now uh, opened up 52 and a half. It's down to 50 and a half right now. You know, what are you seeing with the total? What are you seeing with some team totals um, as well? Because that was something that uh, we had touched on in our notes that we wanted to discuss. Yeah, so the total dropped down to 51 pretty quickly after Adams. So it was almost the same move in the line as it was in the total, which makes sense. What's interesting at FanDuel is they have the difference in the team totals at seven and a half. I mean, you could argue that 22 is a dead number, but all numbers are worth something, and these are flat numbers. So the Cardinals are at over under 29. The Packers are at over under 21 and a half. The spread six and a half, but if you want to get creative and play team totals, they're making it a seven and a half point difference. That's kind of it shows that there's Packers. There's they're giving you Packers value over 21 and a half, but I I think in this particular matchup, it might it might be a trick. It's a trap. It very well could be. Let's talk about Green Bay, though, in a sense. Are they even a top five team? Now, that's my team, so I'm I'm not going to be biased and I'm not going to you know, be a homer, McKenzie. I say no. I think that they had a close win there against Cincinnati. But besides that, you know, who has Green Bay really beat? Well, they beat Detroit. They stink. Uh, they beat Chicago. They stink. Washington, they stink. Uh, Pittsburgh is below average, and San Francisco – is below average. And then they went week one and they lost to, in my opinion, a below average New Orleans team. They got smashed in that game. So people think Green Bay is an elite team, top five team. And I'm sitting here as a Green Bay fan saying, no, they're not. But are they a playoff team? Yeah. Could they win games with a guy like Aaron Rodgers? Certainly. Could they win the Super Bowl? Uh, I think it's unlikely, but I believe that they have a, a, a potential to go ahead and get there. I'm not sure where you have Green Bay out right now, McKenzie, but I will say this is that um, I think Arizona is the number one team in the league right now. 
Uh, they're, they're just so well balanced, both sides of the ball. Green Bay, uh, just outside of the top five, I would probably have them in that six, seven area, uh, right in there probably with, believe it or not, the Chargers. I, I, I like the Chargers a lot too. I have them uh, right in that six, seven area. So where would you put Green Bay right now? DVOA has them 11th, which seems low to me. I'll say this, their chance to win the Super Bowl because they have a quarterback that I think on on the on the right day, you know, he's one in five in conference championships, but you know, small sample size. I think he is that good. I think he, like you said, he's clearly a top five guy. I think that gives you a better chance than maybe even a team that's slightly better than them. But I'm result to result. I mean, really, the best win they had was maybe at San Francisco. Unfortunately, that doesn't look as great. And then they beat Pittsburgh at their low point. They really show loss to the Bengals. I mean, the guy had to miss three kicks. They had a 58 fourth quarter weighted win share there. So it was, it was, a, it was a coin flip game, and they won it. And then they beat the Bears, who I'm, su- I'm, not, I'm not caveating this anymore. The Bears will lose to the Packers every single game for the rest of time. I'm convinced. I, I don't even have to handicap it. It's, it's ridiculous. I just remember Bear, uh, Packers Day in Chicago – and everyone has this like sourpuss on their face. I'm like, yeah, they're gonna, they, they're good, and we're not. And look at you guys. You guys are going there to to, to lose and 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 yell at the and yell at the coach and say you should be fired. I've I've seen this movie before. So that's the Bears for you. So I'm not going to count that win as practically anything for the Packers. And same with Washington. I mean, that really they really shouldn't cover that game. Tyler Heineke dives down at the one on fourth down in the dumbest play in the history of football, and that's the only reason they covered. I wish Green Bay could actually play the Bears every week. I actually have the Bears McKenzie as like one of my bottom five teams right now. I just don't believe that roster is very good. And I know they snuck out some wins uh, against the Bengals, against the Raiders, who I'm not – I mean, those teams are decent. I mean, they're 5-2 and two on the year, both of those teams. Uh, are they for real? I don't know. But I, I'm just – I'm not thoroughly impressed with this Bears team uh, overall. Let's go ahead and talk about some props, McKenzie, because this is something that we should probably talk about for this particular game. Uh, the one, uh, let me give you one that I like, and it's DeAndre Hopkins under 64 and a half receiving yards. You guys can go ahead and get that on FanDuel. Uh, he's got a hamstring issue right now, and if he does play, I believe the Cardinals will play him a limited amount. They'll reduce his snap share here um, for sure, unless they really need him in this particular game, which I'm going to go ahead and, and give you guys now. Uh, I like Arizona in this game lane of six and a half points. I don't believe that they're going to need a lot of DeAndre Hopkins in this particular game. One, he's messed up. But two, if the Cardinals play Green Bay heads up and show everything that they have, well, then that's not going to help Arizona if these two teams meet up later on. And I don't. I, and again, I don't think that they need Hopkins uh, for this particular game. I think they're going to look to go ahead and get the lesser players um, involved here in Ertz, and Rondell Moore, uh, and the reason because I believe that the Cardinals win this game by margin. I think that there's a good chance uh, that they win this game by uh, two or three scores. So uh, I think you're going to see a lot of the square people out there, McKenzie, going after Green Bay running back Jones, uh, Green Bay tight end Tunyon, and, I mean, that's just completely square. The market is going to uh, overreact. It's going to overadjust, and I believe the only way, you know, the sharp betters are going to be able to make money on those two guys is to just go ahead and bet them under. But again, those are, you know, bets that are a little, you know, a little scary and risky, but I think Hopkins is reduced in this game for a couple of reasons. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play him under 64 and a half receiving yards. Uh, I just think right now 
Uh, Arizona's trying to go ahead and get their backfield straightened out, get as many plays out of the playbook that they can right now uh, for a, a number of particular players uh, for this particular game. So I'll go ahead. I'll give you guys that. Uh, I do like Arizona in this one. Uh, I'll play the minus six and a half. I like that a lot. I like Hopkins under his 64 and a half receiving yards um, as well. Mackenzie, got any props or any other uh, game picks that you're looking at? All right. So let me just track this for the records. Uh, by the way, we're eight and three on this pod. We did lose our last one. We both liked the Seahawks teaser. And um, so it's official. DeAndre Hopkins under, what the, what's the number you're seeing right now? Uh, 64 and a half right now at FanDuel. And I see a 62 and a half right now at DraftKings. All right. Well, get your books, get your outs, uh, boys and girls. We'll grade you at the higher number, 64 and a half. I found something really fascinating right now. So both the Packers and the Cardinals are top six in terms of not allowing the teams to throw for a lot of yards. Opponent passing yards per game, you could say. But the Packers have faced no quarterbacks. Jameis Winston, week one, okay. And they ran on them, so he didn't have to throw. Goff, Garoppolo, uh, Old Man Big Ben. Okay, the Bengals, that's a real team. Chicago, Justin Fields had just turned the corner from being like the worst quarterback in the league to – you know, getting his feet wet and being okay. Uh, and then Washington with Taylor Heineke, who, again, made the dumbest play in the history that I've seen. I, mean, I don't know. I guess, uh, you know, players fumbling as they go to the goal line in those games are pretty bad for no reason with no one by them. But the Cardinals are number three. The Packers are number six. The Cardinals have actually played real quarterbacks. They played Ryan Tannehill, top five QBR guy every year. Kirk Cousins, who's top five QBR this year, doing really well. Okay, Lawrence, that was an easy one. And then Stafford, and they also played Mayfield before he got uh, before he hurt his shoulder again. And they're number three in the league. The only teams better than them are the Bills and the Panthers at stopping teams from throwing. So, given that, and given the fact that the Packers, I remember I was doing a pod 2019 before the 49ers Packers game, and Devonte Adams was like 73 and a half, and we liked the over. It's the first time I ever did a pod with Fez, just me and him, Fezic Focus Pod, and. I was saying, like, if Devontae Adams, like, sprained his ankle on the way to this game, I would make the biggest bet of my life on the 49ers. That was the only way I could see them uh, making dividends against that really good 49ers defense. So the fact that this is kind of that situation two years later where, all right, we have a game, we're ready to go, three and a half, and now Devontae Adams out against a really good passing defense, I think it could be an avalanche situation. The Packers have a propensity to get blown out. I like Kyler Murray's matchup against this secondary that's kind of uh, iffy and hasn't really faced anybody with this kind of dy- dynamicism yet. So, yeah, Kyler Murray getting rid of the ball, a league average two point, about 2.7 seconds per throw. But think about how many times he's had to run around for five seconds, and that goes to the same averages. So if you're just talking about on-script, on-rhythm throws, I think he's as quick as anybody and deadly accurate. I'm really liking this matchup, and – I told, I feel bad. I told AJ early in the day, well, this line move, it's, it's either Packers or pass. There's no way I could bet the Cardinals. But although, you know, you never know which way it's going to go, I think there's a higher average than normal that the Packers have one of those West Coast road trips where they just don't show up. So I would look at the Cardinals' alternative total. I threw out a couple in pre production seven and a half plus 110, eight and a half plus 130, full unit bet. We only do one podcast a week, and we missed a couple weeks, so I'm on it. Cardinals minus 12 and a half plus 175 will be my best bet. We're eight and three. 
So go, going with the dog is kind of maybe messing with the record. But I don't I don't care. I think it's the best value on the board. So primetime game, Cardinals, pull away with it. Minus 12 and a half. I'm with you there, McKenzie. Even though it's my Green Bay Packers, uh, I think that we can even lay a little extra lumber. And on, honestly, McKenzie, and you've been, you know, kicking butt with your survivor. I think that, um, you know, if, if you're struggling and you got rid of some of your top teams there, um, that, that you can actually use Arizona this week. I believe Green Bay has to have a, spe- a, a specific game plan in order to win this game. One, I believe they're going to have to end up, they have to win the turnover margin in this game. But I believe Green Bay's game plan on defense is going to be rush three, rush four, don't blitz. Try to keep everything in front of the sticks. If they're going to beat us, make them beat us with Chase Edmonds, make us beat us with James Conner. And let them go ahead and sustain long drives, bend and don't break, and hope and pray they turn the football over You know, on a 12-13 play drive. Green Bay is not going to allow Kyler Murray to just go ahead and throw the ball uh, all over the field. That, that That's not going to happen. Um, Green Bay is a little bit smarter than that. You know, and talking about, you know, where you brought up, you know, Green Bay one and five in championship games. Um, this team is better than those teams, McKenzie. And the reason why is because Mike McCarthy's not there anymore. Um, and and that, that is a huge upgrade for Green Bay. Uh, we've seen LaFleur, um, you know, what he can do. I, I think he's a, a, a really good coach, you know, especially for, you know, somebody like Rodgers. But here's where the unraveling, because you, you mentioned that word before, McKenzie. Here's where it happens. It happens with Aaron Rodgers. What does he do? He gets extremely pissed off when people aren't in the right places. And when you don't have Adams out there and you don't have Lazard out there, you're now looking at number threes and number fours stepping on the field that I guarantee you are not going to be in the exact right spot. And that is going to eat Aaron Rodgers alive. And if you go back to the game against the Saints, there was a lot of that going on where Rodgers got frustrated. He got pissed off. He was starting to, he was like, I'm throwing it into the benches. I don't care. I'm not going to sit here and get sacked because guys aren't, aren't where they're supposed to be. He kind of treats his team like he's the boss. And when things don't go right, uh, he, he has no problem punishing the team um, for that. And, you know, a lot of that's just his arrogance and the way that he, you know, that's just the way that he is. Uh, Tom Brady, you know, reacts a little bit differently, but Rodgers acts, you know, the way that he acts. So uh, I could see this unraveling. I could see Rodgers getting so frustrated in this particular game to where LaFleur says, you know what, I see it let's let's get to Aaron Jones. Let's, you know, we'll run some, you know, easier patterns or whatever, you know, a little dump offs or whatever the case might be. Let's just get the hell out of town. And uh, and and we'll, we'll see these guys maybe, you know, later on down the road. So I, I, I'm with you. I don't like Green Bay here. I don't see a problem with laying the 12 and a half. I'll lay the six and a half. Uh, I feel pretty good about that. And I also feel pretty good uh, about the prop bet with uh, DeAndre Hopkins under 64 and a half receiving yards. But uh, we talked about everything on this one, Mackenzie. We talked about uh, a bunch of bad teams. We talked about our childhood days. Uh, we talked about the game. As Mackenzie said, 8-3 uh, and three on the year, hoping to go ahead and improve. Glad we got Mackenzie back on the podcast. But, but wait, there's more. Teams traveling 850 miles. We talked about uh, my time here pregame, and when I, when I got here, I was kind of you know under you. I appreciate your uh, mentorship. But one of the first things I did was study teams that travel long distance on Thursday and it continues to hit 32 and 46 all time. Teams traveling 850 miles, so 40% ATS. Teams traveling 1,100 miles, and the Packers are traveling 1,500. 39% against the spread. 19, 30, and 3. Doesn't line up well uh, 
for the traveling Packers in this one. And I think that what you said there, McKenzie, brings up a, a, an actual good point. Green Bay's on the mend right now, right, with their secondary. And they're also losing their top two wide receivers. Well, this is kind of like a mini bye week for them. And if they lose it, go out there and play your rear ends off and, and you know, exhaust yourself and end up with a loss. And, and just like, I think at some point in this game, mentally, they check out early and they're just like, you know what? We don't care. And I could see Rodgers going out there and, and guys not being in the right spots going, you know what? I don't care. And I could see a lot of Green Bay running the ball, trying to get the hell out of Dodge um, if this game gets away from them, which, again, I'll say it again, I think this game probably ends uh, with the three-score difference. So you couldn't get me to bet Green Bay really at any number right now. Uh, I don't want any part of them, especially with their best player, uh, Devontae Adams, off the field. But uh, that'll wrap up podcast. Big thanks to McKenzie for jumping on. Uh, really happy to go ahead and have him back on here for Thursday night. As I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, I mentioned it again at the end. Uh, Mackenzie River now a pregame pro. Not sure when he'll release his first play or when he'll get the green light on that, but make sure you guys are checking him out uh, over there at pregame.com. You guys could always get me at pregame.com uh, as well. But with that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck. Thursday Night Football, week number eight for the NFL. Enjoy the games. <laughs>